0: Welcome to the
1: college football bros. And now
0: here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
2: Welcome to the college football bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Week seven is maybe the best slate of games we've had I think certainly all season and, and in a long time looks like a great upcoming weekend. But before we get to our picks, let's discuss our takeaways from Week Six, Trey. And I'm first
1: going to look at that A and M Bama game. Um, you know, Jimbo and Saban was uh, you know part of the major storyline. They had kind of an awkward forced handshake before the game, but but as far as the game itself, having Bryce Young out, it certainly minimized Bama's advantages in this one and. And the Aggie defense, which is which is good, was able to slow down Jalen Milrow a fair amount. They forced four turnovers. It, um, it was kind of like the Bama of old, too, where they were missing field goals, and it, it nearly cost them. Haynes King kind of had, had that last-minute drive, had that prayer of a pass to, to Evan Stewart um, mm-hmm. that he caught it between defenders, and you kind of thought, maybe a and going to actually do this. Um, but for all the goodwill that Jimbo Fisher got from Aggie fans for keeping it close, nearly getting the win— he almost gave it all back by his his last play call at the goal line to win the game. Personally, I'm not a huge criticize the play call guy, but in this case, given the backlash I saw from you know some savvy football minds out there, and when I saw that the receiver probably wouldn't have even caught the ball in the end zone from one yard out, I kind of have to lean with the masses and saying it wasn't wasn't the best call. But overall, the Tide really need Young uh, in these tougher games, but they prevail and keep their playoff hopes alive. Of course.
2: Yep, that was uh looking uh pretty good for for a&m at the end there, but now another loss and just kind of the disaster season continues cuz a close loss doesn't really get you anything at this point now if you're Jimbo. Like, you, need, you need wins. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my first takeaway is that the ACC picture is becoming clearer now. So Clemson has probably a, you know, 90% chance or so to win the Atlantic. They got a Easy 31-3 30, win at Boston College. And Florida State got their second conference loss on a terrible Jordan Travis <sighs> interception, down by Oops. two just outside the red zone at the end of the game. So that was bad. Um, Syracuse is, is still un, undefeated, but they've got a, a tough schedule remaining, including Clemson on the road. So looking pretty good for, for Clemson there. And then in the coastal, which was wide open, now kind of has a clear favorite. North Carolina beat Miami on the road 27-24. And Pitt, Duke, Georgia Tech, Miami even are, are all still alive for sure. But Carolina is the, the team to beat. Not a 90% favorite like Clemson over there, no. but uh, terrible. 50% division. probably.
0: That's a yeah. horrible division, man. Wow, that's man, not them great. Them in the Big Ten West. Oof. Uh, all right. Uh, mine. Uh, I think it's time to take UCLA for real. You see, like took down 11th ranked Utah, 42 to 32, um, in a game that they they really actually kind of controlled throughout. Um, so that puts the Bruins at six and zero on the year. Um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR, and and Zach Charbonnet both had big performances once again. Um, and to me, those two they're the best backfield in the Pac-12. I'm putting them ahead of Caleb Williams and Travis Dye whoa, from USC. Whoa. Those guys, I mean, not by much. It's it's you're splitting nah. hairs, but. Those guys have been awesome, like really, really good. Yeah, um, Like DTR and Caleb Williams, maybe neck and neck, but I think Charbonnet's got the edge over to die for me. Um, anyways, heading into the game, though, you know, I, I thought UCLA would would do a decent job kind of slowing down Utah's ground game, um, and they did. They, they did a decent job. They held them to four and a half yards per attempt, and they actually outperformed them run, running the ball. So UCLA did, was was a plus in that that regard. Um, so they got a very good offense. They got a decent defense. They got a shot to, to win the conference. And you know, this, that we're going to find out a lot. I mean, we already know they're pretty good, but you know, if they're going to be for real, for real, they've take a, they take on Oregon, not this weekend, but the following one in Eugene. So that's their next game. Good chance for game day at that one. Yeah. Who's Oregon play this week? I forget. They might be off. they They might be off. Too. Maybe they yeah, both. I don't are remember off. seeing them. Let's see. Maybe Trey can give his spiel. Yeah, yeah, they've on. got to buy. They've got to buy. Okay, so both got to buy.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to look at at Tennessee. Um, they 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 beat LSU, and this kind of seemed like a, a classic spot where the Vols might might lose. Um, not just like them in particular, but any team in their situation, kind of getting the love, the buzz nationally. They, everyone saw the Alabama game upcoming uh, in Knoxville the next week, and LSU's better than what people thought, But um, and they were playing on the road. But as a small favorite, the Vols just smashed LSU 40-13. to Hooker continued to be masterful. Jabari Small has really been running the rock well, did so in this game too. And they put up 500 yards of offense on a, what was a pretty strong LSU defense. And, and perhaps what I think was more impressive for me, the takeaway was that, they did more than enough on on defense themselves against Jane Daniels and, and the Tigers. They sacked him five times, actually controlled the line of scrimmage for the most part. So obviously it's a different beast uh, this week against Alabama, but they've set themselves up for one of the most anticipated games uh, Tennessee's had in recent
2: memory. Yeah, going to be awesome. And we'll get to that, of course. But uh, best ending of this past weekend, I'd say, was Oregon State- at oh my Stanford. gosh. Oh, just crazy no. late at night. Yeah. So, Stanford kicked a field goal to, to go up by five with just under a minute left. So, Oregon State, of course, needs a touchdown. They were at their own 44 yard line, 23 seconds left, looking real bad. And Trayshawn Harrison just mossed the, the cornerback on, totally. a, on a reception, and the safety completely misplayed it. <laughs> yeah. And just, and so you know Harrison just went running and and got a touchdown at at the end to win it was a, it looked a lot like the Minneapolis miracle yeah uh, but by, by the Vikings oh, so oh yeah it was it was that type of play and so now Stanford is 1 and 4 with a, a just only win <laughs> only wins over Colgate and they still have road trips to Notre Dame UCLA and Utah on the schedule oh so my it's gosh. going to be a very very bad season David Shaw uh, I would say his seat is, is getting hot i don't know his you know i don't think anybody knows his contract situation but he's paid a ton and yeah yeah, Yeah. so i no idea if it's realistic that they could fire him uh anytime soon but but yeah it's that talk is going to start for sure
0: yeah that was a a big one for for oregon state because they had lost two in a row you know they had lost to usc and utah so they could have been three in a row three and three and you know but now hey they're sitting at four and two with two home games against the cougs and uh colorado next so they're looking. They're looking back on track. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Smith, crazy. Yeah, he's good. Back,
2: back as a candidate for Nebraska, Ryan.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> it. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to talk about the Red River blowout. Uh, Texas, <laughs> yeah. Texas just dominated. Uh, they won forty nine to nothing. Even kind of called the dogs off late. Texas outgained OU by nearly four hundred yards. I mean, just complete. Not Forty. if 49 to nothing wasn't a big enough uh, statistic 400 yards of offense different differential is wow that's pretty damn pretty dang lopsided Dylan Gabriel didn't play at quarterback for OU so sure that made a difference but I mean, it didn't make a 49 to nothing difference. So Texas was winning this game no matter who was playing at quarterback. Oklahoma now, man, wow, what the heck happened since the game at Nebraska? <laughs> Nebraska just has a track record to <laughs> make teams bad after they play them. Northwestern, uh, OU, of course, now. So not not looking good. Um, but they've lost three games in a row. The last two just haven't even been remotely competitive. Um, so they're sitting at 3-3, three and three, and it's crazy to think, but, like, they might not make a bowl game. Because Big Twelve, there's nobody's bad in the Big Twelve. So who they got some tough games left? It'll be the first time they haven't made a bowl game since '98. Uh, so it's crazy. They just want we'll the season see. to be over with, man.
2: Yeah, it's not not going well. They're favored against Kansas this weekend, so we'll see. But yeah. I just can't help but think like it's it's bad now. Think how bad it would be if they still had Lincoln Riley. You know, oh, they wouldn't have won a game. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. All, all right. My any more uh, takeaways.
1: Yeah, my final takeaway is, at this moment, C.J. Stroud took a, a stranglehold on the Heisman. Um, you know, it wasn't a surprise that Ohio State handled Michigan State, but C.J. Stroud was amazing. 20, 20, 21 of 26, 14 yards per attempt average, six touchdowns, and they and he didn't even play the whole fourth quarter. And he he spread it around, too. There were eight receivers that caught a pass. And, you know, as we sit here today, like I said, he's the big favorite in the Heisman race, especially since Bryce Young had to miss some time. Um, yeah. He's completed 71% of his passes on the year, leads the nation in yards per attempt, and leads the nation with 24 touchdowns, as well as QBR. Like, you name it, he's just pretty dominant. Now, Hendon Hooker and Caleb Williams are there, and and they have some, some games upcoming that they could propel themselves, but... Um, Stroud and the Buckeyes are going to be big favorites in four of the next five
2: games, so he's going to be able to really pad his numbers. Yeah. he's how about, Okay, CJ Stroud or the field right now? Heisman. Field. Uh, I guess I would take the field, but barely. I know, barely. But still, I'd take the field at this but point. But it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, uh, it's
1: a tough it's, one. Yeah, every week that goes by, we're getting there.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if you look at the odds right now, he is odds on. Now, of course, there's. Heavy and yeah. big, I'm sure, built into that, but it's probably pretty close to 50-50. I don't know. But it is crazy
1: yeah. that with over half a season left, we still have to we have to think about it.
2: He's been yeah. that that strong.
0: But if Hooker like what if Tennessee beats Bama?
2: I mean, if and Tennessee Hooker beats Bama, great. then he'll obviously be like right now. You know, know, if the Heisman voting ended, Hooker would win it. But yeah. there's still they still have the to play the, Georgia, and yeah, you know, the, yeah. If they you got just to Tennessee, titles. There's just such a better chance that Ohio State wins out than Tennessee. Right, yes. but, but Tennessee doesn't need to win out for, for Hooker to win it. But no, right. But yeah, at that point, at that point, it's. I don't. know. I guess if if Hooker has a great game and they win, yeah. then if, if you're having to just at, pick you know one what? of them, we're gonna.
1: Are, after this weekend, with like Caleb Williams and and Hooker at with Utah, their tough yeah. games, if they both we'll lose, know. then yeah, we'll know. Yeah, yeah that's a good point
2: yeah if they, if then tennessee, it's cj stroud by a million if, if tennessee and usc both lose yeah yeah stroud becomes a m- monster favorite yep
0: yep but you never know i, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind things, it things I'd can change a, quickly i got a large bet on cj stroud i wouldn't mind it yep. yeah yeah I, I do too it'd actually be best if Hook, hooker won for me but same here but yeah. i'll take either yeah i'll take either
2: the only guy i didn't right. bet was was caleb Williams
0: <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> i don't know but I, I, I'm, I still I think feel I okay did. about that yeah uh, all right. Uh, let's see. My last one. I, I'll go to TCU. Um, they had a, they had a good win uh, in Lawrence against Kansas. They won thirty eight thirty one, and they're still unbeaten. They're five and zero. Kansas' star quarterback Jalen Daniels did get hurt pretty early in this game, so maybe the game would have been different had he remained in. But Jason Bean, the backup quarterback, came in and actually played pretty well. He did uh, in his in his absence. So you know tcu actually really does probably deserve some credit even though they let a backup quarterback do really well but he's still played. i mean it was he was making like he was <laughs> I throwing know, dimes I kansas players were making great catches well. yeah no it, it was a good win for them i mean kansas was a, is a solid team but it's all about that offense for for tcu right now and Trey's boy max duggan at quarterback he That's continues right. to light it up Threw he should be in the discussion yes true totally that is true. Yeah. absolutely yeah 14 touchdowns one pick um, he, he's on the year. Um, it was good to see Quentin Johnston, uh, finally have kind of a breakout game. He was got off to a slow start this year. He was kind of looked at to have a big year in Sonny Dyke's new system. Thought like, Oh, Quentin johnston's going to be off, go off. But he did in this one, he had 206 yards. So, um, but Hey, now it sets up this, this next week's game for, for TCU an undefeated game against Oklahoma state, but great start for Sonny Dyke so far. All
2: right. My last takeaway is, uh, after starting the season, the season, Oh, and two, and looking pretty shaky Notre Dame has has righted the ship uh, for now three straight wins Cal at mm-hmm. a solid North Carolina team neutral against BYU so they are 3 and 2 and Drew Pine is actually playing really well at, at quarterback yeah, it's, he is. it's 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 no longer just kind of a one game thing he's had he's had kind of, I think three straight really good games they've got five games left does Notre Dame where they'll be favored four of them by double digits probably and and then they have Home to Clemson and at USC as the the two tough ones, both winnable though. So a uh, solid season is is still possible. Did not look like that after the loss to Marshall. And power mm-hmm. ratings on average seem to have Notre Dame around fifteenth or so, which is if they definitely can get a to lo- nine. I that that's a great year, you know, considering what's yeah, twelve left. That'll there it's that's within reach. It, that'll be tough, but uh, but yeah, that would yeah. that would be a good season. Yep,
0: and still encouraging considering the recruiting too. So.
2: All right, let's uh, move on to our segment, The Trivia Zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is,
0: you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone.
2: So last week, we talked about Kansas ending the longest AP poll drought of any power five team and noted that illinois now held that (laughs) distinction this week though illinois is ranked for the first (laughs) time since november 18th 2012 so that's crazy that two weeks in a row that that yeah has the the answer has changed so who now has the longest eight people drought in the power five and good news for this team they're probably going to be ranked next week no, they're no, they're definitely not oh, going wait, to what, be. What, but, what? What? But if history is any indication, meaning the, the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's interesting. You got it so bad. Are we going back to Rutgers? Are you?
1: <laughs> that well, that That's saying, what I. Yeah. I was okay. Like that is correct. Nice. That is correct.
2: Nice. It's Rutgers. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. They. Uh, it's been since 2012 Sorry, for them as well. All right. So Texas. Oh. Beat Oklahoma, of course, 49 nothing in the 118th meeting between the teams on Saturday. And both teams came into that game unranked in the AP poll, marking the first time neither team has been ranked in the matchup since what year? 1998. I brought this
1: up on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even remember I re- that. I remember. Yeah. You know, it was just like, it was pretty stunning to think, you know, over 20 years that, you know, it's also which the last time
0: makes... OU went to a bowl game or didn't
2: make a bowl game. That yeah. is exactly right. They actually that brings us to our next question. Uh oh. Oklahoma lost the ninety-eight matchup 34 to three. Did Oklahoma make a bowl game? No, that's not the question. <laughs> uh, but they, they went five and six that year. And at the end of the season, Oklahoma fired which head coach that had coached <laughs> them to a twelve and twenty two record over the previous three seasons. Trey, you want to take it?
0: Okay. Well, now,
2: was it John Blake? <laughs> yes, Ryan was yes, trying to yes. set up Trey for success there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got yes. it. It was, it was John Blake, of course, who yeah. he made Bob Stoops. His recruits made oh, Bob totally. Stoops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1998 Longhorns were led by which Heisman Trophy winner who led the team to victory with 139 rushing yards and two touchdowns? You
0: got it, right. The, the the I'm trying to think of his company, the... What's what's his oh, yeah, name? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Heisman. Heis- Heisman. Oh. Yeah, the Heisman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ricky Williams. Yeah. That is Ricky Williams. Um okay, getting back to 2022. Our last question here. Which player rushed for 320 yards and six touchdowns this week, making him the first player since Ricky Williams to rush for more than 300 yards and six touchdowns. Uh Ricky Williams did that in against Rice in
0: nineteen
2: ninety-eight.
0: Six touchdowns. <laughs> well, for- is a
2: heck of a lot of touchdowns.
0: I saw didn't this Howard Griffith get like seven. Remember I don't know. Ryan, let's,
2: let's try and answer
0: the oh, so question at right. hand well, no, before I, throw out other ones.
2: And before <laughs> that,
0: I
1: like how
2: all these, like these questions
1: kind of link to each other. This is like a yes. chain.
2: Exactly. Thank um, you to David once again for
1: these questions. Yeah, this is, this is good. I saw the six touchdowns and I didn't know he had 320 and it was, um, Pitts running back. I'm going to butcher his name, but it is, uh, I know it's Israel
2: ab Abonikonda? Ab- 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 Israel Abonikonda. I- yep. Yep. Very good. Yeah. He had uh, obviously a huge game in Pitt's 45 29 win over Virginia Tech. And I very much appreciate David uh, provides these questions. He has hyperlinks for first the source for these so oh good uh nice. david i, I, I can't can assur- be making them up. i can assure you i'm not checking i'm, I'm just taking your word for it so you you can link them
0: if you want but i'm not gonna yeah. check them yep. <laughs> all right let's uh You're let's probably get to gonna throw something at us that's just false next yeah, you yeah. <laughs> that would actually be really fun <laughs> We just can't figure it out yeah yeah
2: like, oh my God, uh, wow. Yeah. Casey Thompson had 600 yards this weekend? I, uh, more <laughs> than I thought. <laughs> okay, week seven picks here. Gonna be an awesome Saturday. Wish the, some of the, the big games were spread out a little more, but beggars can't be choosers here. Let's the start. The season
1: needs to slow down here. We're in week seven already. That, that, is, this that, is, that scary. is actually
2: a great point. Wow, week seven, that is crazy. Uh, that is crazy. Uh, well, Saturday morning, we got Penn State at Michigan, David's favorite team. Michigan is favored by seven. Sorry, David. Um, I'm going with Penn State mm-hmm. here. Um,
1: but it, it's kind of kind of funny. We're sitting here going into week seven, as we've said, um, and we don't actually know how good Penn State really is. They did have a nice win at Purdue earlier in the season, um, but we saw that they could have easily lost that game. And then they, they put it to a, a down Auburn team. Uh, but still not, not the worst, I guess. But they've gone through the motions in recent weeks. But I'm picking them as they're coming in fresh off of bye week. I've been buying a, a James Franklin kind of comeback story. And they're clearly the best team Michigan has faced this year. They have a strong run defense going up against Blake Corum. Uh, the pass defense has it's been – got great corners but been a little vulnerable. But I don't think J.J. J. J. McCarthy has proven yet that he can sit back and, and just pick apart a, a, a pretty good defense – and they were in a fight last week. Uh, Michigan was in the second half with with Indiana. So Clifford has been smart with the football so far. I like Singleton running the rock. I'm going to take the touchdown with the Nittany Lions.
0: Yeah, and hey, Michael, you know the, the games aren't like not spread apart. You know, you got the nine a.m. this game, nine a.m. Yeah, twelve thirty, twelve is the Alabama Tennessee game. Okay, and then you got your USC Utah is not till five. So you know, all right. I mean, that's a good point that's as good good as you're gonna do you know i I guess so
2: yeah i guess i was just hoping for uh i don't know i guess on the west coast here like maybe it would have been better if the usc game was like a seven thirty game this week and we could have you know crammed in a oklahoma state
0: tcu on its own or something oh yeah fair fair yeah all right i can buy that um i'm with you on on penn state Trey. um seven points is a nice a nice number there um yeah, I'm just a little little worried about Michigan being able to pull away from a good team. Uh, you mentioned Indiana, Maryland, they kind of t- took them down to the wire. So just not giving me a, a full load of confidence that you know, Michigan can just easily beat Penn State. It's the best team they're going to play. Um, they're a half-play <laughs> But <laughs> what did I say it no, three I, times. I, that is a delayed laugh on something, something else you said.
2: Uh-oh.
0: Oh god. Did I do one of those things again? Like every week
2: I got a, one of those. No, it's just, it just oh, sounded man. like you had a lot of confidence. You had quite a quite, yeah. <laughs> quite a quite a bit there. I Pot- saw Michael <laughs> on the <laughs> screen
0: and I was like, oh, gosh. Was like, oh no. <laughs> hey. College football gets me going, man. <laughs> it does. You've, you've, you've demonstrated that. Yeah, not not just this week.
2: <laughs> Wait, that was like a 15-second delayed laugh. <laughs> <Just> I was <laughs> waiting. I'm like,
1: I'm like, am I on my own here? And I, I kind of saw Michael on the screen like, start to kind of smile. I'm
0: like,
2: oh, you got it too. <laughs>
0: wow, that happens a lot to me, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: Oh uh, well, no. <laughs> 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 Oh man!
0: Yikes! Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Penn. Well. God, I can't do it after that. Yeah. Penn State.
2: <laughs> Go ahead. Happy oh. Valley. Oh, very happy. Very Happy Valley. Uh, yeah. yeah. I we're three for three here. I'm uh, taking Penn State as well. Uh, I, I think this will be a close game. Penn State's uh, defense has only given up 100 yards rushing one time on the season. That was against Auburn, but it was 3.3 yards per carry. Now, they've had a, an easy schedule for sure, but still, I think they'll be able to somewhat keep Blake Corum in check. And as long as they can take care of the ball, unlike they did a couple of weeks ago against Northwestern, where they had so many fumbles, and it was a pouring rain, so it was kind of a, kind of a yeah. weird game. But uh, I think they can keep this a 27-24 type game. Hmm.
0: All right. Moving on. Uh I got Kansas is playing at OU. OU is favored eight and a half here. Dylan Gabriel, at least at this point, sounds like he's gonna be back for this game, quarterback for OU after reco- uh, kind of recovering from that concussion. Uh he suffered a couple of weeks ago against TCU. But you know, that to me that just it's just not moving the needle enough. TCU was already dominating uh that game by the time Gabriel uh went down and you know, TCU just had a hard-fought game with this this Kansas team that we're talking about. I know the Jayhawks are going to be without Jalen Daniels, uh, their star quarterback, but Jason Bean came in and did very well in his own right. Um, had some good moments in the in the past years, um, so I, I got to trust Kansas to keep it going. They have they've played well in pretty much every game. OU has just looked terrible. I mean, they I know uh, Gabriel didn't play last week, but. Texas did whatever they wanted. So hard for me to just imagine that in one week, they're going to kind of turn it around that quickly. I, I got to go with Kansas uh, plus eight and a half.
1: All right. Moving on to the big 10, a big one in the big 10 West, Minnesota is favored six and a half at Illinois. And it's really too bad for the Illini here. Cause like I said, this is a big West division game and it looks like they might be without Tommy DeVito also wide out Isaiah Williams and a starting corner after they all got injured versus Iowa. Bielema, he seemed to hint that they might be without them this week, but but not long-term. So And the line certainly indicates that. So it, it looks like it's going to fall on the shoulder, shoulders of Art Sitkowski. Uh, but, but still, with that said, they got um, both these defenses are very strong. I don't have a ton of confidence in Tanner Morgan so far this year. Should be a low-scoring game, so I'm going to take the 6.5 with Illinois. Minnesota does get Mo Ibrahim back uh, at running back, but the Illini, they've only allowed 67 rush yards per game. That's third best in the nation. Chase Brown is a solid back that can take off some of the pressure from Sidkowski. And it's also Minnesota's first tough road test. So
0: taking the Illini. Ryan Walters, defense coordinator, man, just killing it. And they've they've played six games. Five of the six games they've held their opponent to 10 or less. I mean, they're just... He's still shutting at at Missouri. I remember.
2: I think he might have won a Golden Bro, or at least been in the running. So he's, uh, Mm. you know, maybe picking up more hardware this year.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) legit. Alabama minus seven at Tennessee. You gonna watch this one, Ryan? Well, what time is it at? Don't know. Don't know. Twelve thirty. I'm not gonna be able to watch it live. All time Uh, specific here
0: on the College Football Bros. It's true. Yes. Yeah. Three thirty. You can't watch it live. I mean, I'll have Oof. to get there like probably second half-ish beginning. Like maybe halftime right. I'll get in there. Okay. Basketball basketball games, you know, keep you busy. Duty calls. Um, yes, it does. You said duty. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like Tennessee. You know, I, I, man, even if Bryce Young is able to go in this game, I don't envision him being 100% after having to sit out last week, those AC joints. Those just seem like, in at least in the past years, like whenever a quarterback has it, it it's a it's an injury, man, that just does not easily heal for them. Because um, even even when he is was healthy, they they weren't just dominating teams. I mean, they've had a few games that were very very close uh, with a healthy Bryce he, Bryce uh, Young. So I'm I i do not see it at, at Tennessee, who's got a legit offense, a legit Heisman contender, and Hendon Hooker's the defense played really really well last week at LSU. Tennessee's. Got a huge advantage at home. The like Stadium is going to be all crazy. I don't know. I'm not. I don't see why Bama is just going to win by more than a, more than um, one score. So I, I got to go with the Volunteers.
1: I'm with you. I'm taking the Vols too. I mean, in the past, we've seen some big games like this with with fun home underdogs, uh, and then they they'll generally fall flat. But this one's fun just because the Vols actually have a shot with or without Bryce Young on the other side. Um, I know the the Tennessee defense is still a liability and, and Gibbs and that offensive line could do work. Um, But, but the Vols, I like, I was encouraged by their defensive performance at LSU last week. And like you said, Ryan, the the tide has not been invincible. They've, they've could have easily lost a a few games. I like the balance of the Vols. Jabari small um, has been running really well. It's not all on Hendon hookers shoulders. So if the, the Vols can protect hooker just a little bit, I think uh, I think they can scare the scare the tide and maybe pull off an upset.
2: Three for three. I'm going with Tennessee as well. And if you want to hear more of our thoughts on this game, we have a, a YouTube video this week covering that game. So go ahead and check that out. But uh, yeah, I'll save my thoughts all for right. the YouTube. Yep,
0: yep. They're pretty similar to ours. Oh, did I just ruined it. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: No one's gonna watch the YouTube video
0: now, Ryan. Yep, it's all my fault. All right, well, uh, next game, we got uh, NC State at Syracuse. Syracuse is favored three and a half. Uh, huge game here uh, in the ACC Atlantic. NC State, uh, they got to win if they want to keep any hopes alive of uh, winning the division. Syracuse, though, on the other hand, they're still undefeated. Um, Garrett Schrader, eh, quarterback, and Sean Tucker, running back, have been just awesome for them in the backfield this year. But I am going to go against them. Uh, I'm going to take the Wolfpack. They just had a nice win over Florida State. Um I don't see Syracuse being able to kind of separate themselves from NC State just because of their defense. So I anticipate this being kind of a low-scoring game, especially since NC State's quarterback, Devin Leary, not official, but likely will not be playing um, in this game. So I anticipate a low-scoring game, which means I'll, I'll gladly take the, the three-and-a-half points with the Wolfpack. All right. Yeah, they haven't said yet, but
2: most people seem to think he's he's probably not going to play, but we'll see.
0: Yep. Okay. All right.
2: Moving on to Oklahoma State at TCU. Horned Frogs are favored for... What do you think, Ryan?
0: Yeah, this game, I mean, I don't know, maybe flying under the radar a little bit nationally, just because of the other two massive games that are going on. But this one's huge. Um, whoever wins, they're going to be 6-0 and um, and a legit playoff threat, which is kind of crazy to say, especially for TCU. I mean, they're pretty horrible last year. So for Sunny Dykes to have them even in just this position right now is, is a heck of a job by him. Um, and he's done it with, with Max Duggan, man, that quarterback from Iowa. He's uh he's been awesome. 14 touchdowns to just one pick. Uh, but having said that I'm going against him. I'm taking Oklahoma state. I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent bought in on, on Sonny Dykes and TCU right now. They beat a struggling OU team. Then they won at Kansas last week when their star quarterback went down. I know bean came in and did well but still a little bit eh, to me but because when i look at the flip side i got oklahoma state proven commodity to me good defense solid quarterback spencer sanders playing his best ball um this year and they've won every game by at least 10 points so they've been they've just been good and that includes a win at baylor which is a, it was a solid one and so mm. I, I think oklahoma state i trust them a little more and four is a good amount of points I'm, I'm as big of a Duggan and
1: TCU fan as there is. Um, I've been on their wagon for a couple years. But I'm going to take the points with the Pokes as well, Ryan. Um, TCU, man, they needed every inch and every second to beat Kansas last week. I think they might be due for a letdown after three straight weeks. They won the Iron Skillet versus SMU. They had that big win over Oklahoma. And then last week with game day in, in attendance at, at Kansas. And I just like the way Oklahoma State has been playing. Um like you mentioned that Baylor game a couple of weeks ago, they shut them down until the second yeah. half when they built that big lead. And Sanders, he's not—he's still not the most efficient, but he hasn't turned it over much this year, and he's been also valuable running the ball, especially last week against Texas Tech. So I just think—I uh, think they have a little bit better defense than TCU, or at least better defense—the best defense that TCU has faced to date. And I think they'll keep it close or win.
2: Okay, I'll go the other way. I'm I'm just huge on TCU this year. They're one of my favorite teams in college football. Um, I like the defensive improvement from them. And this is going to be Oklahoma State's first game facing a an offense in the top 50. So I'll be interested to see how their defense fares. I, I think I said that last week, yeah. too. They went up against Texas Tech, which was maybe the best def-
0: offense they had faced. But uh, TCU is a, a whole different animal. Fair enough all right moving on we got lsu is going to play at florida florida's favorite two and a half um this is a really important game for both teams because they're both sitting at four and two right now um but the loser could really just kind of be setting themselves up for a downward spiral and just a terrible season and just not make their fans happy (laughs) because so you know obviously the loser (laughs) obviously hey
2: for real well can you keep the, going the, with that chain like the fans are happy to. like i'm oh okay
0: go on <laughs> oh uh, well they'll probably you know become drug addicts
2: oh um, <laughs> yeah that's what i was looking for <laughs> focused you know yeah
0: depressed yeah yeah they'll yeah. they'll start mm-hmm. uh you know a little coke habit like ryan for, has and yeah reach and, for the bottles you know just, just anything to cope wow but dark yeah. it's dark yeah <laughs> tough times all right. Uh, so, th- th- anyways, the loser will be four and three, uh, and then Florida has to play Georgia the next game. So, not 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 a good one. So, probably would lose that one. And then if you look at LSU, they have to play Ole Miss and Alabama for the next two weeks after that. So, it's just kind of like you know this one's a nice one. They need to get a win right mm-hmm. now to set themselves up because losses are coming more. Um, in that game, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Billy Napier's Gators. Uh, Anthony Richardson's been. Hot and cold this year. Um, last time out, he was cold. Uh, so I'm thinking he'll be hot this time. At least I'm hoping. <laughs> but, um, Can't argue with effort, that. Yeah, it's hard hitting. But, you know, last week's effort uh, for LSU was just not good. I mean, they just got annihilated by Tennessee. And it was a close, pretty close spread. And that just was kind of surprising. They could not stop the run. Tennessee just ran all over them. And Tennessee wasn't exactly the, the best rushing team to begin with. They're a good, good offense, but very p- good passing offense. So I expect Florida, they're going to pound the rock. Anthony Richardson, they actually ran it really well last week against Mizzou. Um So I'm taking uh, taking the Gators. All
1: right, moving on. Saturday night, Clemson, minus 3.5 at Florida State. Michael, lead us off.
2: Okay, I'm going to take Clemson here. I think the after that Wake Forest game, oddly the the kind of big question was – was Clemson's defense where they you know had they taken a, a massive step back but they've kind of righted the ship after that well they, they really have and they're going to be as healthy as they've been in a while against Florida State Xavier Thomas played his first game of the season last week had two sacks and I think six snaps uh Brian Brzee <laughs> is is going to be back after a kidney infection and most importantly uh, I saw that Sheridan Jones at corner might be back this week that's that's still up in the air but that would be huge because um, especially in that weight game, the, the corners had had their struggles. So I think they'll have a good performance. DJU will continue to be solid. He's taking care of the ball this year, and I like them to get the cover.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I like Clemson as well. Jordan Travis, maybe his confidence a little shook last week after kind of costing the Seminoles the game. Um, and I don't know. I just I I think I said it a couple weeks back. Uh, I just felt like Florida State had. Uh, the, <laughs> I felt like it was the tide was going to turn. They started off the season pretty well, but I just wasn't buying them. And I still thought they weren't quite as good as maybe some people were thinking. And I thought a downward trend was coming. I think Clemson's just going to only further solidify that. Um, yeah. I DJ, U, he's surprised me this year. Uh, I mean, it's not like putting up Heisman numbers, of course, but it's still a large jump, very large jump from what he was doing last year. So that type of improvement was good to see from him. So they're, they're solid on offense. Really good on defense. Uh, just not not enough for Florida State to to cover for me.
1: Yeah, and it was already going to be a, a tough task running on the Clemson and their D line. But it looks like Florida State's running back Trayshawn Ward might be out with a collarbone injury, so that task is even more daunting. And Clemson, they're just they're tough. They find a way to grind it out and outman their opponents in the fourth quarter. So I'm also
2: taking Clemson. I think this is a kind of a sneaky big game for for Mike yeah. Norvell, um, just because mm. you had that there was so much momentum a couple weeks ago yeah. and everything looking up and the you know it seemed like he had exactly. settled things, but a loss here and it's yeah starts getting a little dicey. again. They're like four
0: and three, and you you really a need a lot to of start winnable games, games
2: left there. still, but uh, so it's it wouldn't be panic time, but it would definitely take the wind out of Florida State's sails a little bit. Yep. All right, next game is Mississippi State, minus four at Kentucky, and I just can't take Kentucky right now, um, just with kind of the way they've been playing with that struggling offensive line. Uh, I know Will Levis is is going to be back this game, so that's huge, obviously, that, that gives them a much better chance, but their top two receivers, Dane Key and Tavion Robinson, both got banged up last week. So I just have very little faith in this offense right now, especially against a, a really good mississippi state defense i am going with will rogers and mississippi state and i'm gonna make them my lock
0: cool cool all right thanks uh yeah hey, i liked them heading into this year so go for it all right uh we got the next game big one for michael usc is on the road in salt lake city taking on utah uh utah's favorite three and a half mike
2: yeah i think this is a, a fair line i i I kind of would have predicted that uh, the market would have uh, been a little higher on USC in this one, just the way things have been this year. But I, I think the way it's three and a half is is fair. Um, Utah's defense, I think, is is not quite at the level that they've been used yeah. to. The first five games of the season, they really didn't play against any quarterback. That's a proven passer. It was some some kind of bad passing offenses. And then when they finally did against DTR last week, UCLA just lit them up. 13 yards per pass attempt and it was mostly I guess the running game and just kind of the physicality that that won it for UCLA but UCLA Oregon State and Florida all had success on the on the ground against this this Utah defense so that's you know maybe one reason to take USC but they're still Utah most power ratings have them you know about even or better than than USC and it's in Salt Lake very tough place to win I feel like Utah coming off of a tough road loss it's going to have a ton of motivation here at home, and the big thing is, of course, watching every USC game intently. The USC's offense has just been kind of off lately. The O line is banged up and has been really bad in pass protection. Like, if if you didn't watch that Arizona State game, it took some kind of a few miraculous plays for yeah. uh, Caleb Williams to not get sacked a million times. He was unbelievable in that game, but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's sustainable. So if that O line is still kind of questionable, then I'm going to take Utah, and I'm going to pick them to get the cover.
1: Yeah, I I see the game very similar similarly to you, um, but I do th- I think the Trojans can can move the ball on the Utes, um, but I just think that the Utes are are desperate here. They cannot afford to lose back to back conference games. Otherwise, they'd really be behind the eight ball for a, a Pac-12 title run. And oh, Cameron done. Rising, ooh, Ryan Collen,
0: uh, done. I mean, just lose but, to UCLA and USC. Back, it it back would weeks. be tough. It would be, it would tough. be tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, be it tough. would be tough. Big underdog. Yeah,
1: but uh, but Cameron Rising can move the ball really well. Does not on the ground too this year. And the Utes defense, it Michael, you talked how it. You know, it's not as strong as it's been, but they've also been opportunistic, kind of like USC has. Um, they forced a lot of turnovers. Clark Phillips is a stud that could match up with Jordan Addison or Mario Williams. He's got five interceptions this year, so that's definitely a matchup to watch. I just think they're going to play inspired at home uh, in front of this crowd at night. I think the Utes bounce back uh, and give the Trojans their first loss.
0: Yeah, me too. I I like Utah. They are a very different team to me when they're playing in in Salt Lake. That's a tough place to play. They're very good at home. Um, Night crowd. It's going to be a tough atmosphere for USC. They're going up against a top 10 USC team. The crowd's going to be into it. i I think Utah is going to play well in this game. Um, I don't think USC is quite where UCLA's offense is right now. UCLA has got it going uh, on that. So I don't think Utah or USC poses quite the challenge that U, U, UCLA did, especially on the road. So I think Utah's got a better chance to, to slow down a more, a little more struggling usc offense and then it has been at the, since the beginning of the year so utah minus three and a half and i'm gonna make them my lock
1: all right going against michael's trojans sorry well, let's see what we got here hope i'm wrong maybe a similar me too yep uh we got nebraska at purdue purdue is favored 13 and a half
0: when's the last I'm time we covered purdue. a nebraska game <laughs> northwestern i guess but that was because it, it was week yeah. zero. Oh, no. Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma and... oh, fair enough. Yeah, but,
1: <laughs> uh, but anyways, I'm I'm taking Purdue. The Huskers, they've, they've won two in a row, maybe getting a little bit of praise given how Mickey Joseph has handled the transition um, and he's been able to win a couple close games. But the problem is they had to squeak it out against Indiana and Rutgers. This is now on the road at night at Purdue. The Boilermakers, they played great since getting Aiden O'Connell back the last two weeks. Um, they 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 had a good defensive win at unbeaten Minnesota, then a good win at Maryland last week. And I the Huskers offensive line is bad. I think Purdue is going to be able to limit the Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer connection. The Huskers they they struggled defending Purdue a year ago and the defense is worse this year. I think Purdue is going to move the ball very well and Purdue will win as my lock of the week.
2: Sad face.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. Two locks against Nebraska and USC. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Man. Uh-oh. Man. Well, last game I have here is North Carolina minus seven at Duke. This would be a great basketball game, huh, guys? Right. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> Is Shane Battier Shane going to play? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Sean May oh. going to be out there? Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> <Sean> Drake <laughs> no, is, though.
0: No, Drake, though. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Luke? Luke
2: May? How about him?
0: He's yeah, nice, brother. Yeah.
2: All right, I'll take North- Spells it. Oh yeah, they all spell it the same way, right? Or did no, no, no. Luke Sean May was just M A. Sean May was just May. May, was just May, was- May. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no relation for Sean May. <laughs> 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 if that wasn't evidence, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm taking I'm taking the Tar Heels. Uh, Duke has had you know an extremely weak strength of schedule overall. The wins against Virginia and Northwestern look weaker every week. They don't have a good defense. I'm sure Riley Leonard and the offense are, are going to put up some points. They've they've been doing well this year, and we know, of course, North Carolina's defense is is accommodating. But Drake May has just been at another level this year. He he should be in the thick of the Heisman discussion. If which it's gonna if if North Carolina had a good defense, then he would be. Which is kind of ir- yeah. irrational. It doesn't make sense, but it's just kind of the way the Heisman works. So um, anyway, I, I don't mind laying seven points with with this it's Carolina offense.
0: Of, it's a lot of maze for, for North Carolina over the three years. They got three of them. Luke, Sean, yeah. and Drake. A lot of maze. Mm-hmm. How about that?
2: Interesting. Not really. Let's close not, out the episode with...
1: Well, two of them are brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Not really
2: coincidence there, but... Uh, questionable finish time. Woo-hoo. The Carolina Panthers fired Matt Rule... Is he going to be Nebraska's next head coach?
0: If I, I had I to don't bet, think, I, oh yeah, sorry, go Trey. Ryan, really? Ryan just wants to get on the anti-Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, if I had to bet, I would say no. I mean, this is one of the benefits, though, of firing Frost early, so that they could get in touch with a guy like Rule first. Um, he seems to really fit the the criteria that their AD Trev Alberts has said, but. I just think he's getting $40 million supposedly, from the Panthers. Um, he can afford to be really picky, even if Nebraska offers a lot of money, since the money from a, a job this year would offset his buyout.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing about how he just seems exactly like the type of guy that Trev Alberts would want. Um, but you could say the same thing about Lance Leipold. So we'll see. Um, I, w- I would also bet against it, but... It would be nice to if you. I would to like. get it to hire him right away, so then you can get in and start recruiting. I would like it be
0: a smooth transition. I'm gonna say yes, and he's gonna kill it, and he's gonna be awesome for Nebraska. Whoa! All right. Whoa! All right. I have no idea. But, Ryan's you know. first
1: nice
2: thing to say about Nebraska. <laughs> Who
0: well, got- Scott Frost is gone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who are you? Go Scott Frost. <laughs> okay. Can I talk? No.
2: Okay. <laughs> Who are you guys picking in the most important game this weekend? By far, it is yep. the battle for New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico
1: at
0: New Mexico State. Right. Yeah, you trademarked I mean,
1: this years ago. Yes, you did.
0: I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, who cares about Tennessee, Bama? This is this is the one I was I was waiting for. Um, I'm gonna take New Mexico State plus the points here. Um, New Mexico has one of the worst offenses in the country. Um, they <laughs> averaged just two what? Uh, no, I was laughing because so does new mexico state <laughs> <laughs>
2: well yeah. i
0: was gonna get to that, okay, okay. get to that. <laughs> new mexico averages 260 yards per game so don't think they're gonna be able to dominate this game even though new mexico state averages 265 yards <laughs> per game so five yards more oh but there you hey, go that's like half of a first down which could be <laughs> a lot in this game so yeah i'm gonna take those points
2: Okay, I uh, I'm doing the same. I'm gonna take New Mexico State money line. I don't need the points. Oh, I think they're getting that oh, outright wow. upset. Uh, <laughs> two of their top skill players are named Star Thomas and Justice Powers. Great names. Ooh.
1: Mm. I mean, we all know that you threw out the records and the spreads and the battle yep. for New mm-hmm. Mexico, but yeah. but I'm yeah. going Lobos. New Mexico State only put up seven in a loss against arguably the worst team in FBS, FIU. So Lobos have at least been somewhat
2: competitive.
0: Maybe New Mexico State is the. Worst. They're, also, they're in the argument as well, but they're both. Hawaii, yeah, FIU, right. New Mexico State. Yeah. New Mexico's not much further ahead. No.
2: Upset special time. Got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going to take Virginia Tech to beat Miami as a seven point dog at home. Tech did just get shredded by Pitt on the ground, of course, as we talked about, but. I don't see Miami's running game being able to take advantage of that. Miami really hasn't been that much better than Virginia Tech this season. So I could They've see this being both teams being ugly here and you know, maybe Virginia Tech pulls it off late. I'm gonna take
1: Tennessee. Why not? They're getting
2: seven against the
1: tide. Knoxville's gonna be amped, rocking. Nice.
0: I can't wait. Nice. I'm gonna take Kansas. Jayhawks traveling to Lawrence. Take on struggling OU. They're getting eight and a half to Ryan Norman. Wow what I say? You said traveling to Lawrence. You, I feel
2: like the last oh. three weeks you have said a team is, is like playing against themselves <laughs> or something.
0: Yeah. I'm losing Ooh, this it. Is I'm a, just this losing is a, But it, this is turf to grass, Ryan. This is tough. Ooh, this is tough. It is. It is. I know. I considered that. No doubt about it. But, you know, was bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would you so. say?
2: W- what amount of confidence would you say you have in, in that pick? Am I supposed to be
0: saying something? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pretty 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 solid one. Okay. Well, that'll <laughs> do
2: it for this episode of the College Football Bros. If you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash college football bros. We have um a backlog of bonus episodes there. You can join our Discord server where we are talking college football and nonsense all week long. I think that's one of the most fun parts of of doing this podcast. So the more the merrier there. Uh, We'd appreciate that. Other than that, we will talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros., Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.